welcome to the Cincy Slangin' Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm Coomer, joined as always by Hummer. Hummer, what is up? Oh, you already know. It is a great day to be a Bearcat basketball fan. We're back, Hummer. The University of Cincinnati basketball team is finally back. A resounding 79-36 to victory in the first game of the John Brandon era. A preseason game, but a game nonetheless. The Cincinnati Bearcats showed out tonight. No, you're 100% right. 100% this team... I'll, actually, you know, I would phrase that. For the first eight minutes, they did not show up. For the first eight minutes, they looked rusty. I think a lot of UC fans thought the same thing. And... Whether it was jitters, who knows what it was. It seems that after that first TV timeout, which I think was actually confirmed by John Brandon's postgame comments, they came out with a different level of intensity. A different and five it players. really showed. Didn't they sub oh, out yeah. five players at that point? They brought in the young guys. Micah yeah, they brought Adams in a- Woods, Zach yep. Harvey, Soroya. It was a, a brand new lineup, but from that point on, pure domination. What stood out to you most today? So the first thing that stood out to me today was Chris McNeil. Newcomer, Chris McNeil. Transfer, Chris McNeil. Both ends of the floor hustled. He was up and down the court. Guy never stopped. Everything. Never stopped. It's amazing that for a guy who got as much preseason hype as he did, and there's nobody who's been talked about in a more positive light than Chris McNeil so far in the preseason, Brings it at every drill, wins every sprint, incredible leader, incredible interview. Media loves him. But he's somehow, in his first game as a Bearcat, living up to those expectations and actually delivering in the first game. What stood out to me most, we've talked about it in prior podcasts, but his three-point percentage at Western Kentucky and New Mexico was pretty poor. And so he was essentially a guy... I kind of expected to shoot a lot of threes, but not make a lot of threes. His stroke looks good, and he knocked them down tonight. That's a a huge deal if that's going to keep happening. Well, I think one of the the things that's going to be key to that as the season goes along is Brandon Style, and Brandon Style is about finding the open man, finding the open shot. And if Chris McNeil happens to be the man that's the open shot, he can probably drain the open shots when he's playing through those schools. I don't know what the what those are like. You know, I didn't, I didn't really get to see too many highlights of him in the past. But tonight, a lot of his shots were, were open. So maybe that's the key. Maybe he doesn't succeed if we're playing a better defense. I don't know. Either way, I think he looked good tonight. He hit the open shots, which is key. He got open, which was his key. But something else that surprised me is, he brought the ball up the floor almost every single time that they had the opportunity to have him do that. Right. He was he was spearheading the offense, but also spearheading the defense. There was a great interview, uh, Terry Nelson with Chad Brendo on the BCJ podcast, giving them a shout out here. But Terry Nelson, his description of what Chris McNeil was going to bring to the table and how he described him in practice as a he was saying he was knocking down shots. And, and comparing him to Mookie Blaylock on the defensive end, saying he could have that type of impact, all of that was true today. He's disruptive on the defensive end, going for skills, taking gamble, taking basically good risk gambles 
that led to easy buckets on the offensive end, but also being someone who can run the offense, set up teammates, and knock down open shots. Incredible performance by him and very promising for what he can what he could bring to this team the rest of the year. Very promising. I think he's Grant's one game. We're here for overreactions. That's what we're here for. Right. That's the only kind of reaction we're here for. Another guy stood out in game one. Javen Cumberland. Are you surprised by that? I should be, but no. No, I'm not surprised. I've seen enough of his highlight reels to say that Javen's the real deal and you know, Oakland didn't utilize him in, in the way they should have the first two years of his career. He should have been a starter as a freshman. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's amazing the jump he took from his sophomore to junior year. But his his shooting is lights out. He's one of the guys that when it swings to him on the wing and he's open and the shots start and before it even comes out of his hand, you're excited. You're giddy. It's going through the hoop. It's not touching the rim. It's just a beautiful jump shot. The best jump shot we've had in years. Would you say since Field Williams? I can't think of a better one during the Cronin era, period. Oh, it's beautiful. I guess the closest would be Kilpatrick. Kilpatrick had a couple years there where he was a great knockdown shooter. But in terms of pure shooting, I think Javen Cumberland's a better shooter than Kilpatrick. I don't. I also that. noticed something from from Javen too. Is he he had a couple good cuts to the basket the same way McNeil did, which was in not to not to skip too much or jump around too much, but for the I saw one maybe two of these. I think these might have been the only two buckets from from Mika Adams Woods. He had a couple great cuts to the hoop as well. Um, that were that looked really promising. Yeah, Micah's a high energy point guard. He's got a role on the team. He's going to be our backup point guard. It's clear that Chris McNeil has seized a job in the starting lineup. There's no question that he's going to play a significant role in this team. And, um, yeah, Javen came off the bench in this game. I don't think you could put much stock in lineups in a preseason game like this. John Brandon clearly put the focus on getting everybody on the court, trying to pair different lineups together to see what kind of production you get. And he's still working those things out. But Javen's going to be a big-time scorer for this team. Oh, 100%. I do want to make sure, one one thing that's probably worth pointing out, especially given the offseason he had, Jaron Cumberland was probably the lowest energy guy on the court tonight. And I don't want to put too much stock in this. He's the returning AAC Player of the Year. I know Jaron Cumberland's going to be there when it matters most. But it seemed clear to me that Jaron Cumberland is still working his way back into shape after a tough off season. Is it, did you, did you feel the same way watching him? Yeah, I watched him. He looked unenergetic and there's unenergetic. I would say there's two pos- logical or possible explanation for this one. Like you said, he's out of shape or two. He, I've heard he's a bad practice player. I heard, I've heard that he's been allowed to in the past to, to do what he wants during practice. And, this to him could have been a practice game. I don't know. Take it for what it is. It doesn't matter. He's going to be great. So I'm not worried about him. Right. But I will tell you who I am worried about. Well, real I'm worried quick, about I, the position. It's it's yeah. we're picking we're picking the smallest of nits, to be honest. Yeah. With Jaron Cumberland. Because when you look at the stat line, what are you gonna played, pick on him? He played more minutes than anybody else. He still shot four of seven from the field, two of three from three. 
still three boards, two assists, only one turnover, and four steals. So we are definitely yeah, if you're looking at the stat line. It's great. The stat line looks fine. I think what we're talking about though is the he wasn't moving to court. get open. He definitely he was. He looked just lower energy lethargic. than everybody else. He looked a little lethargic on the court today. And but I'm not worried about it. It's just something I'm not really worried about with with Jaron Cumberland. What Agreed. I think when we we talked earlier in this in this uh, podcast series of this season, we talked about some big burning questions. We said our burning question was that big. And I still think that 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 question is coming true. I think our bigs do leave something to be desired. We saw Chris Vote. We draw. We saw Jay Sorolla. Sorolla. I think it's Sorolla. I trust my boy Dan Horde, and Dan Horde was pronouncing Sorolla. Either way, he sh- he still shot three from four, but most of his shots were were below. But where they're running, we're talking about style of play now. They were running a lot of the bigs catching the ball at the top of the arc and then kind of running the arc, running the offense from the top of the arc from, through the big man, which was was definitely more of an NBA style. But in my opinion, seeing NBA squads that run this, it's an it's a big that actually can shoot from beyond the arc. I'm not confident our bigs are capable of taking those shots if they happen to be open. No, I don't think you're going to see a lot of shooting from big men. I think if any, it would probably be Mamadou Diara. I, but at the same time, I think Mamadou showed signs that he's going to have some of the same challenges he's had in the past, which is sometimes the game's just moving a, a little too fast for him. That said, all of these guys have the opportunity to play a, a huge role for the team, in, but it's in a role that is clearly defined by Brandon. It's on offense, setting hard picks, like you said, making solid passes from the top of the key, feeding, feeding the shooters who are moving around them, but I did see quite a few plays of, of just pure pick and roll basketball, the fundamental God, offensive play. And where I saw Zach Harvey run a play at the top of the key with Mamadou Diara, about eight minutes left in the second half. Mamadou sets the pick. Zach rolls to the basket hard. Zach Harvey finds him with a pinpoint bounce pass, splitting defenders, catch, easy dunk. And if, if that's the role these guys are asked to play, I think we're better for it because we do want more of the offense running through Javen, Jaron, Chris McNeil, Keith Williams, who we haven't even mentioned yet, and and Zach Harvey in the future as well. So our our emphasis is always going to be on the wings, but there's still a, a good and important role for Vote, Sorolla, and Diara to all play. I, I agree. I agree with that assessment there. Definitely every player on this team, especially from a wing position, I would say minus McNeil. McNeil seems clearly to be a one. I think everybody else could could on a, from a wing perspective could fall into that two and three role. Uh, I think from a three perspective, I think Keith Williams is actually going to fall more into that three role, uh, more along the lines of maybe more along the lines of a Trey Scott. But honestly, the way he looked, he could be a better Trey Scott. <laughs> I don't I don't actually see Trey and Keith as really competing for a similar role. Maybe in the sense of just kind of being the, the fill in the gaps type for a player role. I'm just saying playing that three, that three type of wing where they're big enough to play it. I think, I think Scott has a little more size on Williams, but I think Williams has a little more athleticism to him. Yeah. I think Keith Williams still doesn't seem very confident in the jump shot, but everything else he brings to the table, you love he's energetic on defense. He's got long arms. He, he wreaks havoc in the passing lanes Incredible first step that was mentioned on the broadcast. Uh, I thought Kevin Johnson did a great job describing some of Keith Williams' strengths, and 
he's he's going to have a great role in this team. And and in terms of Keith Williams versus Trey Scott, he takes the early lead in terms of our uh, our friendly little bet about points per game this year. Luckily, this is preseason. Doesn't count, baby. Woo! So rather than getting into the more the nitty gritty, let's talk a little bigger picture here about what this style of play means going forward. Because we've heard at this point, we've been basing all of our preseason hype on press conferences, on NKU teams, on the style of play that we expect from John Brandon. When I watched this first preseason game, there's a real opportunity here for this team to just steal the hearts of this city. And I mean that. This is a style of basketball Cincinnati has not seen specifically Ever. from this university. You know, I, Ever. Right. It's it's a it's a little faster paced. I think as the team gets more familiar with the system, the pace will actually speed up. They're taking better shots. They're shooting more shots from three. They're shooting higher percentages. They're making higher IQ plays. This is going to be an incredibly fun team to watch and a massive deal in the city of Cincinnati. Ready to get hyped? I'm ready to get the hype train. Oh, we're ready to get on the hype train. It's time for the hype train. Cheap, cheap. I am so pumped about this season. This game, granted, we said it is what it is. It's a practice game especially when it comes to the stats for Keith Williams. This is totally a practice game. Does not count, but I'm pumped. And, you know, I think we talked about this either last episode or the or the week before. You know, we're, we're starting to uh, reevaluate our predictions of what we had picked. And I'm, I'm starting to see this, this basketball team just from a hype train perspective – being better than what what we're all going to ex- what we've expected coming into it, I'm starting to think that this team is at least a five seed. At at least, if I'm looking at a lower than a five seed, I'm going to be disappointed. That's where I'm at today. And and I'm almost I've almost gone in the opposite direction. I'm less concerned about what the final record is going to be. I think we're going to make the tournament. I hope we win as many games as possible so we get as high a seed as possible. That increases your chances at moving forward in the tournament. But I also think we are playing a very challenging schedule. Norlander came out with a great analysis pointing us, putting, pointing at us as one of the best non-conference schedules in the country. And the AAC has improved. A tough schedule, though, is going to mean, mean for a better team come tournament time. And when we look at the talent this team has, the style of play John and Brandon's bringing to the table... And the fact that this isn't just an offensive transformation. The defense was awesome tonight. And it wasn't zone defense. It was tight man-to-man. It was playing the passing lanes, going for steals, forcing turnovers, getting out in transition. This is a renaissance, my guy. This team is going to be fun. What did you say? Fun? We're going to have fun? This is fun basketball. This is grinded out 58 to 62. This is going to be winning basketball games based on scoring points, knocking down shots, and playing with high effort, high intensity defense. I am ready. This is a coach that understands that the University of Cincinnati is capable 
of recruiting athletes that can shoot the ball, not just play defense. It's it's a great freaking day to be a Bearcat fan. I'm excited for the team. I'm glad I got to watch this preseason game, and the OSU matchup cannot come soon enough. Next week, we're, you're in for a espresso treat. We're going to be previewing, speaking of OSU, we're going to be previewing OSU. We're going to have Locked On Buckeyes on the podcast next week to help us break down OSU. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great way to start the season. We're going to start with a ranked opponent on the road. I am so pumped to start off the road. From what we've heard from OSU, they're going to be tough. We'll we'll see. We can't can't ruin it for you. Save the analysis because we're having having Kyle Lamb on from Locked On on Buckeyes. Should be a great podcast, but it's something for all of you to look forward to. And as always, thank you for your continued support of the podcast. We continue to get bigger every week, and that's because you guys continue to subscribe to the podcast Leave us five-star reviews. Share the word with your family, your friends, Bearcat fans, young and old. We love the support. We appreciate the support. Thank you for all you do. Please find us on Twitter, at CincySlangin. Shoot us an email, CincySlangin at gmail.com. Again, thank you for your continued support of the podcast. Thank you all for listening. See you Monday. Boom. I can see clearly now. Gonna be a bride